You're listening to You Don't Know Nick, the podcast, a podcast that explores the generational differences from Zoomers to Boomers as it relates to what's going on today. Enjoy. What if one week you said, hi, Jess, and then I said, hi, Nick? Hi, Jess. Hi, Nick. It's It would be weird. It's weird. But I'm just wondering if, like, you decided this is when we start. Oh, well, I'm, I'm happy to do that whenever, but I feel like you're the leader here. And I'm just, <laughs> I you know, I'm just a good soldier. You're, you're a good soldier. You're a good uh, number two in the Star Trek terms of things. I'm a great. I'm a great number two throughout you history. You are a good number two. I've been a good number two in my in my history. Why? I don't know. I mean, yeah. like, do you, you did you always do you never felt the need to lead necessarily? No, I mean, I, I, I you know, I like I like a number one. Uh, I've definitely, uh, you know, I direct, uh, and I've been a manager. So all those things are are good. Um. But I've played number two several times in my life. Yeah. I think that is like personality trait to a T, right? Like whether it's nurture versus nature, you find yourself in these roles that you feel comfortable in. Mm -hmm. My problem is usually the number one that I'm working with has, you know, bad ideas. No, Mm. no, no. no, Should we bring your wife in and ask her how she's, (laughs) what her, her most recent bad idea was? Oh, oh. (laughs) <laughs> we are equals okay oh we're, okay we're, we're not one and two we're one and one then you know i mean? misunderstood what you were uh insinuating great i i had a i have a feeling i had a feeling you know what I, I was unfair fairly ascribing you number two because you're mr mom mm, oh but but a, a mom isn't a number two you don't make the financial calls in the family what i don't know this was where my head was going uh look i i have a feeling that like sandra like drives a tight ship and we don't need to talk about her because she's not here but like i have this feeling like you love her telling you what to do (laughs) uh no you're you're wrong I mean, I wouldn't mind her telling me what to do, but she's not that personality type that you're thinking. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I have this image of like men only wanting to settle down once they've found the woman that keeps them like together or straight. Like like the, we've we've talked about this a little bit offline, but sometimes like men when they even when they ever settle down, it it's it can be like right place, right time for the woman, right? Like, oh, I'm this is a great relationship to do this with because I'm finally ready to to settle down. But I have this ex- impression that's all, obviously overgeneralizing one way. Some people actually do and whatever. But I have this impression that like men love it when like, yep, she didn't let me get away with my shit. So, I, I, you know. Had to bag her. I don't... Had to bag her. I don't know if bagger <laughs> is the right... I don't know if that's the right term sure? or euphemism. No, I don't know if I had to bag her. Isn't that... I mean, at, at best, that means you slept together, I think. I, I, I had to lock her down. Okay. 
still like, we're kind of in this weird sort of like rapey language lock her down okay you know what i mean you're right but this but but correct lock me her by, in that's maybe di- well lock it in well i mean that's the thing is that these are terms that people use like gotta you gotta lock it down that's what they say lock it down is a little bit different than lock her down because <laughs> Locking it down is you're locking down the relationship. Locking her down usually involves restraints. And so and there's that's only okay with consent. Yeah, in this in the dominatrix world too, right? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you're so right. <laughs> Win one for Jessica's euphemisms. Uh, but no, I think there's something to what you're saying. I I do think that. You know, I do think guys do value um, a woman who's not, you know, who's going to push them to be better or, you know, challenge them. Um, I think, yeah, I think a, a guy will gain more respect for somebody that way. Now, if they don't respect, like, like you can't just like push somebody around and be like, oh, this is going to work. You know, yes. They have to like the way they're being pushed around or, you know what I mean? It has to And they be... have to like that person to begin with, too. So, like, yes. it's not like, you know, my old mistake in dating was thinking that if I did a certain series of events, then I would get the results. <laughs> what is that series of events? Like, play hard to get, not okay. play not interested or play okay. mean. Mm-hmm. Um, not sleep with that person if I can help it, mm-hmm. or like lead them on a little, like you know, like no, we mm-hmm. can't, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and then so like I would think that I could make someone head over heels commit by like those sort of actions. What books were you reading? This was this. I feel like I feel like this was the guy Verdi intensive, <laughs> but. <laughs> But I think there's, I think, I think our society taught a little bit of that too. Like, cause also we were, I learned that when I was too interested in somebody, A, the best relationships I've ever had were ones that just happened right away. Like, I like you, I like you too. Oh my God, this is great. Let's go. And, and that doesn't happen every day and it's not meant to happen every day. But I, like, you know, the two major relationships in my life that just, went off without a hitch until mental illnesses showed up uh, <laughs> <laughs> or the red flags finally got un- undug up or dug up. Um, it was easy, but like in the dating world, if you wanted something to last longer, you didn't want to be over eager. You didn't want to text the person two days after the fact, you know, you would see, you would seek, inf- I would seek information from other people because I couldn't get it from the person I was interested in because if I, I showed up to like a guy's work once and never heard from him ever again. Mm. And then I wrote 25 songs about it. So (laughs) (laughs) truly like one week with this guy of just making out and smoking cigarettes, like broke my heart. But because I was also used to just things like, oh, I had dated and it's like, oh, well, we're together now. That's like what happens. So I would say. One thing I ended up learning is if you had, like, a bunch of questions about, like, what's going on in that guy's head or I don't know what's happening, they don't like you. (laughs) (laughs) If you have to go, I don't know what they're thinking. They're thinking they're not interested. (laughs) Uh, That that would be my self-help book. Mm. Okay. 
called they're not interested well because they're just that, that, not they're just not inter- into you isn't is one yeah, thing that's that, well that's already a book right they're yeah not, they're not they're not that they're just not that into you or they're yeah, not they're not they're, just that they're in, just, yeah. no, you got it they're just not that into you yeah, yeah yeah now what i had to learn also is that most guys will want to sleep with you doesn't mean they like you <laughs> that no. was a weird thing but like again that's like i guess it's somewhat the venus mars thing or society like there's so much to talk about with regards to like what we're conditioned to believe in and monogamy non-monogamy and you know straight homo whatever like i I, there's a world where if we were a little bit more open as a society would i want to be in a relationship versus like just a little bit more single or would i like girls a little bit more probably probably not because i'm mostly hetero but like anyway that's a long way to say what was i saying something oh (laughs) that I just it took it I didn't understand that men's sex drive didn't connect to their coupling or love drive. Like that shit mm. doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it does logically now cuz you have to learn that. Mhm. It's wild. And and conversely a guy has to learn that for a woman <laughs> that 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 there's an emotional connection there and you're like, "Oh, so this matters?" You didn't this- know that about us? No, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know at what point along the way I learned that, but but like but no. that's not something that's inherent, is what you're saying. No, no, I don't think so. No, nobody teaches any of this, this stuff. You know, this is yeah. So maybe what you're trying to say is that there should be a um, a <laughs> that sex ed maybe should cover some other areas of like how you make how, you know how to make connections or what are people <sighs> thinking or or what's people's predispositions. Um, no, you know, I grew up with three brothers, so I have very little exposure to girls outside of friends and, um, you know, eventually relationships. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if brothers and sisters actually talk about these things. You tell uh, yeah. me. Yeah. So we did a little bit. We talked about um, – I remember, like, my brother dated all my girlfriends. So, like, I definitely knew <laughs> what was going on there. Uh, and I wasn't allowed to date his friends. That was the that was what it was. Yeah, there's always a double standard. Oh, right? totally, totally. And uh, I wasn't really allowed to date, or it wasn't. I was also really, really awkward. But that's neither here nor there. Okay. Um, but I remember like really clearly. He's got to be in junior year, and I'm in senior year of high school. And he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna treat girls like shit. I'm just, that's what they want. Every time I'm nice to them, they don't want me to be nice. And so I'm going to just treat them like shit. And it flipping worked. Yeah. It, it yes, it worked. is. It's, it's, I mean, it's outrageous that that's true. But it It's is. outrageous that it's true. Joe Verde had bitches wrapped around his fucking finger. It's ridiculous. But, but like, you know, he was talking to me. At, he was also telling me that as... A frustrated kid that was getting hurt because he was putting his heart out there. Totally. Look, I I was always a nice guy, and and it never worked. Never <laughs> worked. Oh, so frustrating. You're like, what? I don't get it. I'm being nice to you, and you don't give a shit. But if I'm being aloof and whatever, <laughs> oh, now you're in it. It's the worst. I've gotten over 
they call it negging. I've gotten over like I'm looking like see I, we may have had this conversation before. I've gotten over the negging of like oh I see you're just telling me I'm ugly but you actually think I'm not you know whatever like guys can be mean that way. The yeah, elus- there's there's a bunch of people out there doing bad negging, which just turns out to be insulting and <laughs> <laughs> totally totally yeah. It- it, it might have gotten my interest somewhat like years and years ago, but then all of a sudden like a superpower happened where I'm like, oh, I see these insecure men doing this thing. <laughs> um, I know somebody who used to work for uh, like I think at least the competitor of the guy who wrote the game who mm. teaches negging and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that they teach these men is how to start a conversation. And the first thing on the list is – to neg? Hi. Oh, it's hi. <laughs> to say hello. This, but so what that illustrates to me is that these people are just cripplingly antisocial or nervous or like, you know, some people aren't gifted to be number one or number two like you and I socially. <laughs> <laughs> We're super charming, Nick. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll tell you, you know, <clears throat> it's. At, at least for men, you know, and it sounds like it's the same same for women. Um, because nobody ever teaches you this stuff, and that it, it, it because at least for men, like women is no matter how you no matter how you dice it for for men, mm-hmm. women is is at the literally the top of their value list. It's women, just bi- it's just biological. Everything a guy does <sighs> is technically for women in some way. Even a man who doesn't want to be in a relationship. Yeah, they but they want to fool around with women, right? Sure. So getting the good job, getting the night, you know, you know, doing having success and all this stuff. At the end of the day, is probably for <sighs> to get women. It's really at the end of the day, it's to get women. Pro, you know, it's whether they're fully aware of it or not. It's there on the list. You know, eventually, you hope they evolve in life and. And I think we've talked about this before that that you move through your your root chakra into your heart chakra mm-hmm. and things things mm-hmm. shift at some point. Um, but no, I do think whether they're whether wow. you're conscious of it or not, um, that that's a big part of male motivation. Well, I think it's a I think it's a huge um, unspoken and yet also spoken currency in our society. How attractive am I to people in general, whether they're av- I'm available to them or not, you know, the sexier the celebrity, the more value or cachet they have. If, if they can be like sexy across the spectrum to women and men, like a Jennifer Aniston might be something like that, where she like, women love her and men d- want to like be, be with her also, like at, up to a certain age, I'm sure. Um, that that has social cachet and value, and so it is a motivator, regard ir- irregardlessly. And I know it's not a word. <laughs> it's a really good one. It's good, irregardlessly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember you- I was like high on the couch once, going. <gasps> I was like seeing the trickle down economy of like, if they like me, then they will do these things for me. Like just like recognizing that all of my interactions were. How much of flirt can we do with this person? Do they like me because I do that? It was, it was, I, I get really, um, I become a sociologist when I'm stoned. 
for sure. And a philosopher, uh-huh. I'm sure. A psychologist. Uh-huh. Uh, and a... Uh, anthropologist. Anthropologist, sure, sure. I was going to say and a... I can't... I don't know why I can't think of the term. Um, uh, Jesus, this is bad. I can't... My improv, <sighs> it's bad. It's bad. It would have been very funny. I'm sure. When you tweet it in two days, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I even think of it? What would you? What do you know. call somebody who 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 eats? Uh, who does food contests? Food eating contests? Food eating competitor? Com- food eating competitor? What's the name for? Like the Nathan's hot dog guys? Yes. What are those guys? The those food competitor? F- eating competitor? Eating championship food. Uh, Food. What? What's? What are you? What was the joke? Even I don't even know anymore. What were we talking about? <laughs> Being high. Yes, I think I got a contact high because I forgot. Oh yeah, because you're eat. There you go. Because you're uh-huh. high and you eat uh-huh. a lot of food, so it's like if you're like, yes, you're like the you're when you're high. Don't you eat a lot? Don't you? You know what? This joke got funnier because you explained it. Uh, we're gonna take a, a break. <laughs> we're gonna hear from one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Are you a geek? Do you like naming things? My name is Scott Rubin, and I wrote the ultimate guide for geeks to name anything. Whether you're naming kids, your pets, your car, your Wi-Fi network, or your role-playing game characters. Naming Your Little Geek has almost 1,100 name entries, and I tell you where the name came from, if it's a real name, or if it's a fictional name, all of the characters who have had that name, and I reference over 4,400 characters from science fiction, fantasy, comic books, movies, TV shows, cartoons, you name it, it's all in there. And it ranges from normal sounding names like Scott or Jessica to really off the wall bizarre ones from all of our favorite fantasy and sci-fi properties. You can pick up a copy of Naming Your Little Geek at bubblesandthingssoaps.com and check out all the other cool items there. Some really neat soaps. Naming Your Little Geek is also sold everywhere books are sold online and you can even find it in some physical bookstores if you're a person who shops in physical stores these days. There's a name for it. What is there it? is a name for it. I don't know. Look it up. All, I know our audience is dying to know. They were thinking about it during the entire commercial. Oh, are we back? Oh, we're back. Mm. Why waste this gold? Competitive eating? Is competitive a... eating. So you would have called me a competitive eater. Kobayashi. Kobayashi. That's the guy who did it, right? Like the guy who's crazy? Oh, yeah. You mean crazy just the fact that, like... He could ingest everything? Yeah, he's so skinny. Speaking of eating, how was your Thanksgiving? We haven't had... We we missed last week, which is okay because it was Thanksgiving. Let's just check in with each other. Oh, I had a great Thanksgiving of just me and my family. It was fantastic. It was just you and your fam? Mm-hmm. Like, it, like you, Sandra, and the babe? Mm-hmm. That's nice. We made a turkey. We had some mashed potatoes, um, some stuffing, gravy, uh-huh, uh-huh. green beans. Oh, that's it? And a pie. 
That's it. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. For it's a people. lot. It's a lot. For but for people. me, Thanksgiving is like seven different flavors. Of, sure. So like, but you probably are, when you are with a lot of people. Okay, Nick. You want to like? Have I, have I offended you somehow? Well, yeah. You're no just... cranberry sauce, Nick. We had cranberry sauce. Yes, okay, we did. you left cranberry sauce. I you did. didn't say stuffing. Did you say stuffing? I said stuffing. Yes. Then I'm sorry. Let's actually count them up. I said. So I see. <laughs> green Turkey, beans, stuffing, green beans, mashed potatoes, potatoes cranberry sauce. It puts us at five. Pie. I'm going to throw that in there. That's six. So I'm uh-huh. pretty close to your seven. It's a lot. Your seven. Oh, and gravy. There you go. And gravy. Done. You did. You had a Thanksgiving for sure. So what? What am I missing for for your? Uh, no, I don't think you're missing anything. Um, it, my family has integrated corn pudding, which is so good. Corn pudding? I don't even have heard of corn pudding. It's a southern thing that I don't know who started bringing it, but it was like in my aunt's recipe. It, when I was in North Carolina, there's a place called Rocky's Chicken that does corn pudding. And, and we call it corn casserole. And it's, it's corn casserole or corn pudding. But basically, a bunch of corn. Cream corn, saltines, Swiss cheese, onions. You fucking bake the shit out of it. And it is one of the best dishes on the planet. It's Oh, my God. has no right to be as good as it is. And it, it's wonderful. So that's become a big staple of uh, what I look forward to. Corn pudding. On Thanksgiving. Corn pudding. Okay. And do you celebrate with your family? Yeah. So okay. – um, my my uncle will have us all over now, and everyone mm. needs my mom's uh, stuffing. And she's even figured out a vegan version of it that is so good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm. so we got stuffing, we got corn pudding. What else did you have? Well, we actually had a lasagna, Whoa. which was a was a first. I know mm. it was, imp- but it, but it wasn't bad. You know, that's Italians for you. They're like, we have to have something else. Mm-hmm. Um, we had bread. We had we had okay the- bread. Yeah, <laughs> okay, fine. We had bread too. Yeah, bread's okay. a part of it. Sure, sure. Did you have special <laughs> bread? Was this like? Yeah, she did some whole pan of like pull bread. I don't even know oh, what she did. Oh, was this like ho- like made homemade? It bread? looked like it. I don't know. Mm. It was it was something was impressive about it. And okay, I, okay. I you had nice. You had nice bread. You just didn't have like a a baguette on the side. You had something. There was something there. She did. She did something. She even made vegetarian gravy. My my un- uncle's wife. Uh, so there was corn corn casserole. There were no green beans. Were there? There were no green beans, but the, her my my uncle's wife makes made the best mashed potatoes I've ever had in my entire life. She says it takes her about five hours. What? <laughs> like to make sure everything's boiled, that there's no lumps, like plant, like whips the whole fucking thing is insane, insanity, wow. and they were perfect. Um, bread, corn casserole, gravy. I didn't have turkey, but there was turkey there. Um, lasagna. I feel like there was cranberry sauce. I feel like there was more on my plate. I don't remember now. You haven't even gotten to seven. It wasn't, it wasn't, <laughs> a, it wasn't a successful. You're so right. Thanksgiving then. Well, I didn't. I, this is the first time ever that I hadn't had seconds, so I don't mm. remember everything that I ate because I I didn't want to overeat, and I did it. I didn't even have uh, dessert. Oh wow! I did really good. I did really bad, so it's okay. I ate everything. 
That's wonderful. And you I, probably uh, made Sandra so happy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. I think we're losing our touch. Um, so, again, this is a podcast where we talk about millennial and boomers and Gen Zers. And, you know, we just talk about. And Gen Alpha. Gen, what's Gen Alpha? We talked about this. This is the new. This is the new. I generation. thought they were the Gen. Wow, it <laughs> was a Gen Alpha. Is it really Gen Alpha? I think it's. Well, I don't think they have an official name yet, but that, I think that's leading the race right now. Is Gen Alpha? Got it. That's like what your daughter is. Mm-hmm. Gen Alpha, scary. Um, I definitely. I had the the pleasure of, um, having a house guest that was Gen Z, and she was totally normal. Oh, uh, <laughs> they're normal. They're normal. Um, I do think there's this really fun phenomenon where, you know, the fashion has made full circle gains coming back to like the 90s and stuff. And there was like a TikTok of a girl who thought she discovered skorts. What's a skort? So skort is, is a, a sh- skirt a with skirt shorts. With shorts. Oh. Uh-huh. She thought she discovered it? Well, she was how- like, you guys, look. <laughs> and like, it was a whole thing. In the, it was a horrible trend in the 90s. And she looked at it like like she was the inventor of it. It was very funny. <laughs> Did you ever wear? I'm, I'm sure. I feel like it was like something like when I was eight, I would have worn or something. I mean, it's great for kids. We have a we have one or two for, for Clementine. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's a it's a brilliant idea because you got the illusion of a skirt, but then mm-hmm. you can you get the movement of of, of what boys have. Um, and I, I think and I you told bend you, over and pick things up without any without fear of exposure. Without any fuss, you're so right. That was not the case at my middle school. We wore we had really. Uh, really questionable skirts that we had to wear. <laughs> they made you wear a uniform, uh-huh. but then they made that uniform risque. Well, here's the thing. You could be modest about it if you wanted to. How? And they were kilty. Like, they would look like, oh, you know. you pull them down a little bit or? You you had to hem them in order to, like, be at the length that you wanted them to be. And oh. some girls definitely could wear them, like, past the knee if that's what they wanted to. Mm. The rule that we had was no more than five inches above the knee, which is really high. high. It's pretty high. (laughs) It's very high. And which is fascinating too, because it's like, that's actually very progressive for a school to be like, you know what? Let the girls do the mini skirts. It's like in a way, very sexy for like a girl to like walk around. I'm talking about myself, not about like you. You can't agree that a 13 year old wearing a miniskirt is sexy. No, but it's like horrible. we, th- it's, it's horrible, disgusting, the worst. But we would like try to like hike up the skirt or like roll it. So like there's this big movement to like roll it and see if you can get away with an extra inch or something. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but they were like cute. We looked cute. <laughs> now. The parents would have to be a part of this process because it's not like a 13-year-old knows how to hem a skirt. So the parents would hem. And my mom wanted me to look cute, right? So she would hem for me. And so she she was like, oh, five inches? Let's go for it. Well, probably. I don't think she was like, let's not not go for it. 
because like really all she cared about was appearances. So she was like, I, my daughter's going to win. She'll be great. It's also like in seventh grade or sixth grade is when I learned that your legs had to have a certain shape to them or you weren't considered attractive. You had to have what was called three diamonds. Oh, three diamonds. So your your le- your thighs come to a point at your knees. That's one diamond. Okay. So like the the space between basically – your thighs and your knee, that's like a, a diamond. It's supposed to look like a di- I don't know how it's supposed to. Then the knee to the top of the calf is a diamond. The knee to the top of the calf is a diamond? And okay. then the bottom of the calf to the ankle is a diamond. Okay. Well, you better work out. Well, the, I'm trying to say that was bad. Whoa. I'm saying like in order to – yeah, this bad because in order to achieve that, you're going to have to work out – excessively or not even eat like it was like it was just like an unreasonable all like expectation put on a seventh grader like wearing (laughs) mini skirts (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) this is also the era of uh dudes with like frosted tips everyone everyone they weren't allowed to wear frosted tips i know is this the bieber era the the frosted tips swoosh around the forehead no No, it's too soon that was that was myspace era which is when i was out of school (laughs) everyone (laughs) everyone was like 2003 and 4 where everyone's like i was in i was still in school actually but where they had the side swoop email Mm -hmm. thing going on Mm. um no no, this was frosted tips was like you know, Nick Carter or Aaron Carter or Justin Timberlake or something like that was like, it was like the boy band stuff. Mm. And we were just Britney Spears traipsing around in that uniform. Yes. (laughs) Ew. Yes. No. (laughs) Don't mistake my enthusiasm for. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. She was, she was killing it. She was also 16. Britney was great. Britney's still great. Yeah. And now she's free. She's free. I, I, I need to look up on that. And, and everyone's saying she's free. I thought her conservatorship – I didn't know her conservatorship has, has had actually ended. I thought her dad was just released from it. So – I thought it – oh, yeah, I don't know the details. I thought that, I thought it was – The whole thing? Because I knew yeah. the dad was removed. I don't remember reading that the whole conservatorship had been ended. But, um, but if, it, if the dad's removed, then who's in control of it? There was already somebody – there was another person in control with him. Um, and I think they had they had assigned designated somebody else, but that person may have just been designated for the end of the dissolution of it. For mm. yeah. hmm. and that's a hmm. very good conversation for another for another time when we actually today. know what we're talking about. Well, yes, exactly. But but we do know we we lived the uptick of paparazzi and what and what that was. We basically dehumanized these women. And they got famous, like, you know, Nicole Richie, Paris Hilton, and Lindsay Lohan all had basically the same publicists that were like, show your crotch in a car, get arrested, get your, you know, get your mug shot and have a sex tape. Like, this is like what they were being told to do. Kim Kardashian is famous because she had a sex tape after Paris Hilton had a sex tape and she used to be Paris Hilton's assistant. Like, oh, she was Paris Hilton's assistant? At the very know. least, if not her friend. I'm pretty sure she was her assistant, if I remember correctly. Oh, but why would she need to be an assistant? She, Kim Kardashian came from a 
very wealthy family, right? I think it well, yeah, but also it's Paris Hilton, and you like you're an assistant, or you're like I, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Look, here's the deal. She's a billionaire now, right? I don't know if she's a billionaire. She's a multi-billionaire. She's beyond. It's beyond. Um, so she she did it right. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, it takes a little bit more than just a sex tape for, you know, because. Uh, At that time, she paid someone a lot of money to get that sex tape out there. And then. They followed it up with a lot more good business acumen. And a lot of people would argue that the mother, Kris Jenner, is a great businesswoman. And that's probably true. But there was also a great PR team behind this. And then we'll just never know that. Um, and I think that the new – have you seen any of the um, promos for Pam and Tommy? No. So Pam and Tommy, there's a Pam and Tommy sex tape video TV show happening. What? How does – Wait. We're talking about but, Pamela Anderson and Tommy, yeah, Tommy, Lee, Tom. yeah, whatever. Tommy. Uh, they're basically like it's like a series event, a few a few episodes, whatever, um, detailing the stealing of the video and then releasing it to the public. Oh, so if I remember, if I'm putting the timeline together correctly and being young, that happens, and then a bunch of young PR people go ah. This is how we can get people famous. Mm-hmm. Mm. So when are you going to release yours? You know, I let I let it go years ago and no one cared. <laughs> <laughs> I keep on sending nudes to these guys and it never goes anywhere. <laughs> you need to get a publicist. Yeah, truly. I really I thought they were publicists. Like, hey, babe. <laughs> there is one... I, you know, there was one boyfriend I had that, like, held on to pictures of exes. And so I'm sure he has a couple of pictures of me. Nothing too gratuitous. The first boyfriend and I definitely thought it would be a good idea to record ourselves. And we were both – I was, like, 180 pounds, and he might have been 220 at the time. And we were both – probably nothing anyone wants to see. <laughs> uh, and I think that's then, – then there's, like, the occasional – like Skype that I unless Skype's recording them then that hasn't it hasn't happened in the last ten years so oh okay got I'm it just what I'm trying to say is I don't think there's anything relevant right now out there if someone wanted to the oh shit if someone wanted to expose my old videos or pictures more power to them <laughs> not really please don't do it <laughs> no please don't. Um, so this is a horrible segue. Maybe it's too heavy to talk about because we were going to talk about, there's a bunch of things we were going to talk about, like, including like the anti-work movement. And I do want to talk to you about that, but also the holiday seasons are coming up. So we have to figure out a date when we're not going to record anymore until the new year. I lost him. He doesn't even know I lost him. I'm here. I know. I know. I'm here. So, so we have to talk about the anti-work eventually. I want to talk to you about it. But I was on my other podcast, and I want you to be really jealous. And Mike Richards on my podcast about the Orville told me about basically a survey that the Red Cross had done where they based, polled millennials about war. Oh. 
Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it's literally called Millennials on War. And I found it at the International Committee of the Red Cross website. And they, I think 16, let's see, key findings. I'll just, I'll just like list them off to you. Key findings. Millennials consider war and armed conflict to be among the top five, five most important issues affecting people around the world today. Millennials are nervous about their future with more who think there'll be a third world war in their lifetime than those who don't. And more than half believing that nuclear weapons are likely to be used somewhere in the world in the next 10 years, which was that was the most impactful piece of information. Um, at the same time, the clear majority of millennials think that wars and on armed conflicts are avoidable with those from war-affected countries' territories more helpful than those in conflict-free countries. Millennials believe that there should be limits in war and that civilian casualties should be avoided, but the survey reveals worrying trends that point to an erosion of the basic human values enshrined in international norms like AKA Geneva Accords. Um, Millennials overwhelmingly oppose the use of weapons of mass destruction, be they nuclear, biological, or chemical in any circumstance. Although there is a widespread consensus among millennials that nuclear war, nuclear weapons are a threat to humanity, at the same time, almost half of millennials believe nuclear weapons are an effective instrument of deterrence. And the majority of millennials believe digital technology can have a positive impact in supporting vic victims of war. And only a slight majority of millennials think that the artificial intelligence that artificial intelligence will increase the number of civilian casualties in future wars and armed conflicts. Mm, what do you take away from that? I don't know. I think, you know, what I'm really taking away from this as a millennial, They, the, one of the things they say, is basically they, the Red Cross is everywhere. So they get to pull a bunch of people that are my age or in between, right? So they, they're getting a lot of information from a lot of people across the world. Um, I think I, I'm really, personally, I'm taking away a lot of privilege to not have to worry about this so much, even though war concerns me and... Um, we do horrible things with our drones, um, and I'm really nervous about the abuse of power and um, other countries that are our enemy, etc., or quote-unquote our enemy, um, and then, like, entire civilizations that we've just galvanized against us. Um, we're not in a war-torn country, and there's a lot of privilege in that. Yeah. Generally speaking, you know... Um we are kind of shielded from um, the, the realities of the, the threat of that. Yeah. You know, though 9-11 brought it to our shores. <laughs> I wasn't laughing. I promise. <laughs> Maybe I was. <clears throat> but I think like if you compare some days in Syria and and like it equals what we what has happened to us right like like there's bombs bombings that happen every day in certain countries and we lost a lot of people on that day and it was horrible but like people experience that kind of loss all the time yeah there's yeah definitely especially <coughs> Syria's a great example um yeah it's it's pretty pretty crazy to think about what it would be like to live in that in that sort of environment do you, I think the thing that's interesting to me and, and not, I actually did, do not think we'll see nuclear war, but 
But I guess that's a huge possibility still. I just thought we knew better. I thought we knew better. I feel I keep I have this image in my head that once someone presses the nuclear nuclear bomb button, all of the nuclear bombs go off and it's like total destruction. Isn't that the case? I don't know that that's no, I don't know that that's the case. Um I think that's like the big sort of you know, fear or at least the the fantasy that you would see in a film or whatnot. But um, I don't think it's like, oh, here comes one. Let's just let's just send our entire arsenal and just you know destroy, turn turn the United States into a big meteor pit. Um, I I tend to you know I think agree with you that. I have a hard time thinking that it's, we're ever going to see something like that happen. At the same time, there's so many nuclear weapons out there, and there's so many countries trying to get their hands on developing them for themselves. It's like, at some point, isn't it going to happen? Sure. Because it, it almost feels like, ha, 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 we also have them. We're not going to use them. But but now we also have them. So it's like equality of power, which would be the same if nobody had them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, essentially, the theory being, if everyone wants to have, my point being, like, if everyone wants to have nuclear weapons, nuclear weapons, then it would be the same as not having them if they don't ever intend to use them. Yes and no. Uh, because if you don't have them, you have something else that shows your strength, right? Really? Oh, you mean like troops so other, or other mil- what have yeah, you? Yeah, other, other, other arm, you know, other, um, God, <laughs> we should never record podcast late at night. My brain this is so also, it's probably, this I is probably even, too heavy. This is probably too heavy. I can't even think of what. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to think of weapons of mass destruction. My brain is literally mush right now. My brain is as whipped as those mashed potatoes that tasted so good on your Thanksgiving day. Um, yeah. No, yeah, it's crazy. Then countries are, you know, North Korea, Iran, you know, they're, they're trying to get nuclear weapons because they know it's going, like it's going to protect them or give them some sort of power or, you know. Leverage or what have you. All it takes is one loose cannon to just say. Oh, Does it though? It. Actually, does it actually though? Just because I feel like there's a lot of red tape. I feel like there's a lot of people that go, "Do we really want to do this, sir?" You know. Yes, maybe in America. Hopefully, in America, um, but I don't know that that's necessarily the case. There's everywhere. just shit we'll never know, Nick. We'll never know. Like what? There's like. I, mean, I, I bet I agree you, with you, but I'm curious to what you mean. I bet you, I bet you, during Osama bin Laden's reign of terror, um, a, 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 an official was on the phone with him once a week from America. I bet you money. People are like, okay, Osama, we'll leave you alone if you don't go here. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Osama. 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 <laughs> Mr. Bin Laden. 
Uh, first off, I love that it's his reign of terror. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, he was the worst person on the planet. Well, that was what our P- that was what our government's PR had you believe. at the time, right? Oh, yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. this was what these are things we'll never know because wasn't the didn't the Bin Ladens have property in America? Didn't they visit the bushes or shit like that? Like, yeah, he was a member of the Saudi royal family. Plus, he also had a good relationship with America bef- before turning against America. Um, so I, I think we even trained him. Um, so yeah, I'm sure there, you, you're, there's a good chance that what you're saying is right. That there's. I guess what I mean is like there's like a web that we just like they all have satellite phones and they're all talking to each other and they're like, listen, do you want to pretend that we're angry this week? You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily think it goes like that, but there definitely are people who do think that like, oh. The reason why George Bush never got Osama bin Laden was, you know, because... They were friends at one point. Yes. I don't think they sat around and had Turkish coffee together, but there there had, there had was relations within... I don't know. Or, it, you know, war is also the, the biggest moneymaker there is out there. Yes. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we're currently in the longest war we've ever been in, and it doesn't feel like it because we have people in Arizona manning drones, and and all of our money is getting channeled through there, and and the people are just getting richer off of it. So, it you know, also too, I love thinking about. I don't think about this too much because it would drive me crazy. But like thinking about, um, like the spies who like at any given time like don't set off that nuclear bomb. I I have a I have a gun on you. You don't even know where I am. Like <laughs> No, you don't understand. Once I push this button, the whole world will kneel at my feet. Yes, but I've installed a needle that comes up through your chair and pokes your balls. Like ah, I'm in here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All the old needle in the balls. <laughs> Gets them every time. <laughs> oh, ah. At least I have another one. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> this is the classic tropes. These are just the classic <laughs> tropes. I think I saw it in Pink Panther once, right? Like, Did, oh, is that? Is this? No, was this? No, <laughs> no. It does. It does have like. Uh, or how I learned to love the bomb, the equality to it. I, I guess I'm just a skeptic when it comes to like. In one way, I can see like a bunch of like buttons getting pressed, and you know, there's a threat of nuclear war, nuclear war, and then or you know, people send send off missiles every now and then, and like the 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 United States is, is scrambling, and they're trying to make it like you know they shoot it down before we'll ever know, like. I think there's things like that that happen all the time. You think there's missiles being fired at us that we shot down? I think it could happen. Hey, it could happen. Yeah, no, no. You're not saying it could happen. You're saying it does happen. I imagine it could. I imagine it does. I think there's things we don't know that happen. There's like there's definitely things we don't know that happen. But I don't think a missile launched on our country and we just shoot it down to something that just goes <laughs> unnoticed. I think it has to go. It's over the ocean. There's a lot of ocean that we don't know. 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of testing we we don't know happens. Sure, sure, yeah. There's a lot of testing. That's all I mean. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want to know? It's a great, better question than anything I'm positing right now. <laughs> Honest to God. Do I want to know if that's the kind of suspension that our world lives in? No. It doesn't serve me as an artist to know that. Mm. It, 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 what? Because they, because it's not a current issue that they've made. We're, they're playing a game. We have nothing to. We have no stake in. Just your life. Just your our life, life isn't even valuable to them, though, Nick. Our life is. I'm not even providing them in a way that they want me to right now. I, they would much rather me work at Chipotle. No, no. They're listening to this podcast. <laughs> they're like, they're checking in. They're like, so because we said Osama bin Laden, that's why <laughs> someone just tapped into our video feed. Like, what is happening over there? <laughs> they're talking about nuclear war. <laughs> the bushes. Nine <laughs> eleven. Yeah, we we just literally set off all of the we set off all the trigger words. And you yeah, played no, a falafel I, I, truck guy. I, <laughs> hey, I, well, that's another story. Okay. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, what's interesting is like, I, like, I agree with you. I don't really want to know everything. Um, and there is, I think, a lot of things that happen that we don't know about. Uh, but when you think about like the Trump presidency, I don't think we know about everything, but there's a lot like, I think part of the reason why the Trump presidency was maybe so jarring is that there was a lot of things that probably we shouldn't have known about that we did know about. Like what? I don't know specifically, but just the fact that he he basically ran his administration through the public. Whereas well, watch Joe, you know, watch Joe Biden. I mean or you know anybody or George, you know, George Bush or um Barack Obama you don't know everything. They don't come out and tell no, you everything. No, no, you, you know, so you don't even think about like, oh, there's a lot of shit that's going on that I don't know anything about. You don't even really think about it until you go to, you know, sit, sit down and actually think about it. Mm-hmm. But with Trump, you felt like you knew you everything knew too, that was going on. You knew on. too much, yeah. <laughs> you knew too much. It's just like, you fucking if, knew too much. If you just didn't talk so much, you probably could have gotten away with half the shit you did and without people getting all upset about it. Well, I, I really do think that's because the news loved. He was, he was a huge money maker for the news. Oh yeah, totally. So we, you know, one of the arguments uh, a Republican used against me, like, "Well, do you have any idea what Joe's doing? What what Mister Bi- what Sleepy Joe's doing?" I was like, "No, because the fucking news doesn't give a shit. <laughs> like, it's not interesting. And like, nothing has been more peaceful for me than not having Donald Trump on Twitter." Yeah. It's been the best experience of my life. But I don't know. I think I think there's only a couple times where he like maybe shouldn't have said a couple things that he said. I think he I think Joe Biden does the same amount of stuff he's doing, just not as controversial or with as much char- charisma for better or for worse. Yeah, there, I think there, there's plenty of things that are happening that that probably if you knew about them the way that you knew about them with Trump, you'd be upset about it. A hundred thousand percent. Like, you can, we can love Obama all we want. He was not a perfect president. And he was probably more of a moderate than anything. And he killed more people in war than anybody else. 
you know, like that's probably a gross over over generalization, but like it's it's all spin. There's just we're just fuck we're just cogs in this wheel, man. And all they want us to do is clean toilets and serve them food. We're part of the cycle, man. <laughs> oh man, pass it. You're hogging that thing. No, oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> you pass, man. Oh, shit. But you're right, man. You're right. I feel I like know. I'm scrubbing the bottom side of this bowl constantly, and it keeps getting dirty. I know, man. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, now, wait, now you're like an old prospector? <laughs> oh, I know. No, I think I was cheeching it or ch- chonging it. Like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's your cheat to John. No, I don't know what's happening. Like, it's late. It's not only late. I have to edit this after we're done. I don't think people listening know what time we're doing this at. but They this... do because I told them on my stream today. Oh. And you keep on okay. talking about how late it is. So. I, I've dropped little things here or there. I was You're just dro- hoping they, they pick it up. They, so forgive, you want. For the, forgive us for, for brain mush. Do you need some like words of affirmation right now, or do you like need like like are you are you wanting for uh, validation? No. Okay, never mind. I wasn't gonna give it to you anyway. No, I was just you know. <laughs> All I need is somebody to take my child for a week, just a week. Somebody take my child. Could someone do that for you? <laughs> that would. Uh, I, I feel like that. That's like what. You know, summer camps and winter camps are for. I know she's not. She's just not old enough for that yet. She's not old for that. Well, and hmm. yeah, you guys are making choices. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's my major takeaway: is the privilege on many sides of not having to oh, face. It's why, it, this is one of the reasons why America is considered to be one of the greatest countries in the world. Because we have no idea what's going on. No, <laughs> no, because we're we're generally well, we're generally privileged, you know. Whether yeah. it's, whether it be by say, from from harm on on a regular basis, or um, or just having the you know the comfort and the ability to pursue a life um, that you want, based you know, that generally speaking, I know there's a lot of injustices and unfairness yeah across the board but generally speaking if you work hard you'll be able to reap reward and we still have the privilege of being able to speak out against the things that we don't agree with yeah which is pretty great for Mm -hmm. but but something i thought i was taught recently we wouldn't have to have the concept of freedom if we didn't exist in its opposite Okay. Okay. If we didn't exist, well, but let's go one step further. Is there any existing in total freedom? Like, is there a is there some state of being or some some set of circumstances that would actually create freedom? True, unadulterated ex- freedom. I think it existed before. We colonized How? everything. How? You could you could exist in a tribe or not. 
Well, yeah, but you don't think you think you're free in the tribe? What is what is freedom? No, in that tribe, you would need to subscribe to the rules and ideology of the tribe. Otherwise, mm. you'd be exiled. Where Could are you, you free? Well, hold on. To do whatever you want. Mm. So you're saying rules. So that we're saying rules are oppressive. No, I'm not saying rules are oppressive. It feels like you're saying that. Well, I'm just saying. The philosophical idea of it is fascinating to me. Okay, and but I you're right I... that there's implications that I am, I am, and I'm implying that. Well, maybe if we were really a free country, we wouldn't even know what that meant. You know, we wouldn't. You know, we wouldn't need to say we were free. What is? What does it mean to be free? Yeah, it's a good what, what question. It, define that for me. Like, what is it's freedom? A good question. That, that I can do what I want whenever I want. Is that freedom? I. Perhaps I th- I don't think that that's what I want it to be. I would I want a world where you can do whatever you want as long as you don't harm anybody else. Okay. Harm do no harm. You're kind of you're kind of in that world right now. You gotta live in that space of being right now. Sort of. So, you, okay. What what limitations do you have to it? Uh, women's body bodily rights, trans rights. Uh, loving who you want to love, um, uh, unfair justice system, imbalanced justice system. Yeah. Okay. So, I think so the rules are in place. I just think that small, like, I think the rules are in place that could afford us the opportunity to have, like, if you really look at all this constitutionally, everyone should have the rights that they want to have, like, to abortion and to you know, healthcare and things like that. But smart lawyers have loopholed out of it. Anytime you get a group of people together, you're going to have to come to some understanding of how this group of people is going to coexist. Okay. Okay? And when you look at human beings, we cannot exist on our own. Okay. We can but we're not designed to, and it would cause a lot of emotional and mental problems. And it does, right? Like you couldn't be does. raised without an adult. Yeah. Yeah. So we are built to be around other people. So if you put those two things together, we're built to be around other people. And when you're around other people, you have to come to common ground. Then there's always going to be a set of rules or agreed upon um ways of living so you're never going to be able to just be truly free um unless you wanted to go run wild by yourself but even then in that world where are you running wild to um to and to what end and to why mm -hmm. and you're now kind of restricted to the laws of nature in some ways because you need to figure out how to fucking get food that's true you need to figure out how to take care of yourself that's you're true. not free to do whatever you want because you're gonna you're not gonna survive that way. That's true. So the rules may be fucked up and the rules may need to be continually negotiated and changed because you know it's it's one thing when you got like five people deciding what the rules are. It's another thing when you got five million people. It's another thing when you got five hundred million people. Whew. Right. So yeah. 
so I don't know that this idea of like being being truly free is actually an attainable thing. So how can you be free in the given circumstances that are, that are surrounding you? You know, um, I'm just going to say what you said already in two minutes has already made me never want to say that phrase ever again, (laughs) (laughs) but in the best way, Uh, uh. it super enlightened me in the kindest, but also sternest of ways. Well, it's not something that people really think about all that often. So it's not, I, I hope I didn't, you know, say that in a way that was like judgmental. I mean, I wasn't necessarily. No, speaking. not at all. Like, I, I'm actually glad that I said that because it, what a, um, what a weird myopic way to look at something too. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, I, th- I think so. I think, th- I think, I think sometimes we can get pretty, um, ideological is that the right word where we just kind of think like well wouldn't it be great if um but without actually going well wait how does how do things work right you know like one of the things like you know about capitalism that like people get upset about is like it's not always the fairest system there's a lot of faults in it right um unfettered capitalism can really create a lot of problems right however Capitalism at its core is a very effective system for the average person, you or I, to uh, rise in our in, in our socioeconomic station. Is um, it the only way, though? What do you mean, the only way in general, or the only the, way to in do that? Um, well, I think when you, I don't, you know, from my understanding, looking at history and different systems and of societies over time, it's it's one of the it's proving to be one of the more, most effective. Sure, sure, That's sure. why sure. America's the most, at least currently, I mean, I don't know what the, I, you know, the the Roman Empire prosperity or, you know, what they're... Well, because a lot of people are talking about the negatives of capitalism, but I'm sorry, carry on. But cause... that's my, and that's my point. A lot of people talk about the negatives and I see the negatives too. Like I said, it's unfettered capitalism, right? When you have a right. system that's just based on money, it doesn't value human life or human human needs as much right that's where humans are supposed to come in and regulate it a little bit um but the idea that it's really comes down to supply and demand right it's it's what do people want if i can provide it for them there's value to it that i will gain in return and i think what happens to a lot of people is that they go but that but i don't want to do that or in order for me to do that I need to not do this other thing I want to do. Like if I want to really like I, you know, if I really wanted to raise in my socioeconomic station, I might need to make more unappealing choices because Mm. I like, I might need to work that, that job that I don't really want to do, but that job is highly valued and it pays well. You know, I might need to go into corporate America because well, if the effort I put into that job, I'm going to get back good value out of it. I'm going to get back, you know, some security, maybe with health insurance. I'm going to get retirement, um, you know, 401k. And, uh, and what I'm doing at that job is contributing to the greater g- economy. So I'm contributing to my society. 
the problem comes is like, well, I don't want to do that job. That job's not fun. I want to do this other job. Well, but that other job may not be providing value to our society in the way that our society has chosen to value it. You may think it's great, but if they don't, then you're may not going to get the return on it. So it's a choice. In that sense, you have the freedom there to choose. Mm -hmm. And I think what people go is like, well, that's not fair. How come the thing that I want to do doesn't give me the prosperity that I want? Well, you're not looking at how, the rules of the game. Right. You know? Um, I didn't come, I didn't come to an act, you know, decide I want to be an actor going, oh, this is the way that I will make all my money. I knew it was possible that I, you know, I could achieve a certain level of success that actually in this industry would be huge. But I also know that the odds of it aren't very high. Um, and that the odds of probably struggling for the rest of my life financially were pretty high. Oh my God. We can't talk about this <laughs> this late at night. <laughs> Sorry. Going down the rabbit hole. But I'm just saying, like, I made that choice. I was free yeah. to make that choice. Yeah. But it's nobody's fault that I made that choice and have not made as much money as had I made ah. a different choice. Had I said, you know what? Maybe I should not pursue this acting career and go go into sales. Pretty good at sales. Or go go whatever. Take a different, you know, go to law school. Go to whatever. My soul would feel pretty you wouldn't be alive maybe inside inside i mean i'm sure you figure it out and you find like you find value in your life one way or another but yeah that's interesting i wonder i it's it's an interesting way to look at it that i hadn't looked at it before i think i i get pissed that like the struggle that I'm in right now or like the things I'm doing isn't valued by society because I'm not getting the monetary gain from it in the way that I want to. But that's not my, that's not the world's fault necessarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's on, it's on you to figure it's, it's not easy to, to be a freelance person trying to generate income, but it is on you to figure out what does, what do people want? I mean, we could also have universal basic income and like housing and healthcare, like we could have those things too. <laughs> that... we, we definitely could have those things. And I do think it, in some ways we're moving in that direction. I, I think so too. They're doing some experiments of UBI right now with uh, families with children. But I, th but I think you're still, I think you're still going to find, I don't know. I mean, the whole point of like, of the system that we've created for, societies and communities is we give of ourselves to the community and then we get back mm. like we get back paper money or whatever we get back value that we can then exchange for our needs right that's the that's the way the structure is because no you know you look at it as a smaller you look at it as a tribe right smaller group of people it's a little bit more easy to see like Who's contributing in what way and how much are they contributing? Well, those are the hunters, those are the gatherers, those are the people going to raise the children. That's the chief, that's the shaman, that's the, you know, everybody's got their role to play. It's a little bit more manageable. I can see like who's contributing, who's not. Um, and we can exist in that ecosystem probably without money, probably without like something that we need to, ex you know, to exchange for. But the bigger you get, the more you can't keep track of that. So the way you keep track of it is you have this 
you have this currency. Yeah. Um, anyways. No, it's great. Um, anthropologically speaking, um, Kristen Bell was the one who talked about this on Dax Shepard's podcast where um, it's mostly where she was talking about it and like how like we feel social pressures on social media uh, by seeing so many people that are successful at the same thing that we do. It makes us feel like totally worthless. Like, oh, my God, what's the fucking point? If it, like that person's more attractive than me and even a better actor. But in uh, m- monkey tribes, <laughs> there are they can only sustain about 50 uh animals in that tribe and if they start growing past that they the two natural leaders evolve they fight and then the tribes split off mm. yeah which would speak to our our tribes shouldn't be or our little community shouldn't be much bigger than 50 or so because it becomes manageable and everyone has a, a role in that like and a value in that uh society as well and it's, you can expand that thought and um hypothesize it with other things but uh, i always thought that that was interesting like keep uh so and to that point i think what you were saying yeah 100 yeah 100 as the group gets larger it becomes more difficult to manage yeah but at the flip side is you look at america and and it's the greatest economy you know which is ironic that we're in debt but <laughs> I don't know how I mean the greatest opportunity for for an individual to you know I think it's the greatest co- economy in that sense of like you know the individual can can create a life for themselves based on understanding supply and demand understanding give the people what they want if it wasn't so late i would say we should do crypto but it's late and we could talk about crypto another time what people should know is that it's you know it's like whoop, 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 up and downing a little bit right now yeah yeah it's definitely definitely moving within a range and i think it's relative the reason why i segued because it's like relative to what we're talking about right now well, so it's, 100, it's 100 percent relative because the next step to like what you're talking about right is like you know, universal income. I mean, like, what happens as we get AI and robots and suddenly there's no jobs available for us to do because we have machines doing them all? And how do you generate income? And, and we um, will get to there. It will be tough getting to that place. But eventually it will get – that's what we will be – that's the society that this will be. Well, that that's what people are predicting, but, you know. I don't know. I don't know that that's necessarily true. Okay, fine. Let's until, say. Until the great wars come. And half what? the Earth's population is eliminated by spiky balls. By chairs ah! with spikes in them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I cut you off of your thought. I thought I was going to contribute, but I derailed instead. No, 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 that, no. That's all I got. It's actually... Ikea is the guy who runs Ikea is going to take over the world. We're all going to buy cheap furniture, but he's going to have installed inside the furniture spikes and mm. other things. And do <laughs> yeah, just one day he's just going to push a button, and, <laughs> and your coffee table is going to your poke coffee your foot. Gonna turn on you, yes. <laughs> but so you're saying like if we have all those things, then what? 
Wait, forget about what thing? You were saying you know, UBI and automated jobs and oh, stuff. Oh, it's just, yeah, what is what is the flow? How does the flow of money work, right? How does that? Right. But then How like, do we earn based on what? Based yeah. on what? What are you doing all day? He's sitting around. Masturbating. <laughs> Smoking weed, man. Fucking Smoking what? Having, having hot dog eating contests. I oh. mean. <laughs> oh, man. So good. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> I hate my life. <laughs> it's because. Ro- bec- <laughs> what? I was going to say, robot, bring me another hot dog. <laughs> exactly. It may as well. It may as well be Wally. Yeah, there you go. Wally was great. Wally nailed it. Wally nailed it. Uh, but I do think crypto. We could talk about this more. But I do think this the the crypto ecosystem, like the tokenomics of it all, could lead to a place where in like investing or like using your money to invest in these different cryptos or other companies like the stock market becomes a very mainstream way of the of an indi- of an individual accumulating wealth it feels like that to me it feels like investing is going to become you know more and more uh, a part of our everyday life and that we will then use our money to help other projects do things and get return on it I think people have been doing that for a long time and right now we're just seeing it come into our hands and like accessibility of being able to trade on our own um, is making that more possible for us to understand it, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you were talking about, ever since you were talking about um, generational wealth, it's like, yep, those are things that other people have considered for quite some time that we just didn't have the luxury to because we didn't have the extra money to do that with or mm-hmm. Or what have you. So you're right that this does, like the crypto, I, I can see why people are uh, skeptical. But it does have a ring of Apple offering stock options instead of a Christmas bonus, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever. It, it does have that. The thing that's still dangerous about it is the lack of regulation and that it's still totally insider trading and it's all speculative. So um, it's fascinating, though. It's fascinating. And you're right that, like, you kind of opened my mind, too, to talking about, like, okay, you have this amount. You can gain – you can lend against that. You can borrow against that. That I had never thought of before, um, which is probably exactly what it needs to be. So I know that a bunch of people understand this. I'm just learning about it. I didn't have people in my family that understood money. Um, I'm learning about it because of you, and I'm appreciative of that. And it's, it's a realistic way to live, too. You know, and the truth is, it's not common knowledge because they don't they don't teach financial. Um, they don't you don't get a financial education. Even you know, uh, like the secret to being wealthy, most people don't know that. You actually have to go and talk to wealthy people or read books about it, um, and you you realize, oh, shit! Here's how the wealthy do it. They just borrow money all the time. They borrow against their assets. They accumulate more assets. They borrow against it. I mean, they're super wealthy that pay in cash for everything, but that's a whole. Or thing. don't even have to pay for anything. Like, yeah, you're. It's a. It's a world that they. I guess that's what I mean. Is like they're living a world that we just don't even. We are not even a part of yet. 
that and, and it's just it's just kind of like almost impossible. It's kind of like we're two dimensional beings and they're three dimensional beings is the best way I can explain how I perceive people with wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yes, sure. Yes. I want to say that like there's definitely a lot of people with wealth who were born into it and so just by birth that was just the lifestyle that that came upon them and um but then I also think the other side of it is it is the education part. If you knew from an early age how to do that, maybe you would have made different choices along the way. You know. You're totally right, but we're being taught by people who don't know that because of the specific school Mm -hmm. that we are in that we are born into you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like or or like we moved to school district that's good but we're also being taught by teachers that aren't getting paid a lot so they don't have the luxury of learning that so unless we're going to a prep school that teaches that shit it's not knowledge why and i went to a prep school and we didn't learn that but i was also well i didn't go to the college but we didn't learn that shit anyway what a what a lovely conversation to get on topic for before we go to sleep. Well, I just wanted you. I kind of was trying to say it to like let yourself off the hook. Oh, I think I'm more talking about society as opposed to making myself feel badly. I think okay. I'm. I, I actually don't have a lot of existential dread or like future dread about my life. I'd like to have more things figured out. But similarly to you, I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing. I love a little bit more success, and that comes and goes. And um, I, 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 for as like, whatever it is right now, or like amorphous, I'm, I'm very happy. I, I'm do, I'm like, I get to do this. This is my life. Like, this is wonderful that I get to talk to you and not have to worry about what tomorrow is. That's amazing. That's a blessing. You're free. Okay. Bye, Nick. <laughs> Bye, Jess. That does it for this week, Nichols. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of You Don't Know Nick. There are many different ways you can support our podcast. One of them is going to youdon'tknownick.com and finding out all the different places you can listen to our show. You can also follow us on Good Pods, which is basically Instagram for podcasts. Not only can you follow your favorite shows, you can listen to them right there in the app. If you're interested in finding some You Don't Know Nick merch or Jessica Lynn Verde merch, go to subtlegeek.spreadshirt.com. And if you're not already consider becoming a patreon member you can get exclusive swag and early access releases to episodes if we're able to get them to you in a timely manner go to patreon.com slash you don't know nick and if you haven't already leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts see you next week nichols